All right, well, welcome back to another episode of the Eat Sleep Fantasy Football Podcast presented by Fantrax. You can head on over to Fantrax.com for our listeners. You can enter promo code ESF. And that'll get you a free premium league upgrade for all of you guys that are interested in playing on Fantrax. It's a pretty customizable site that you can use to your advantage. Um, today we have a two mad podcast, so I just want to introduce this morning Dale Demott. How you doing, Dale? Fuck you, Dale! Fuck you! I'm doing awesome, man. Good morning. How you doing? I'm um, I'm doing all right. It's it's early as fuck, man, and I yeah. hate mornings. Um, you don't you don't sound as chipper it. as you normally do. Yeah, it's not my thing. When I have to go to work in the morning, the first hour is like, uh, I don't like this. But, you know, once I've had some cafecito, uh, which is basically the Cuban version of espresso, um, I feel better. So, nice. you know, well, give me till halfway through the podcast. Up. Yeah, give me till halfway through the podcast and I'll start, you know, throwing down some fantasy knowledge. So, the first half hour of this podcast, guys, is going to suck. Uh, and then the second half hour is just going to suck a little bit less. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to be doing a couple things. We're going to be talking about our sleepers, as well as talking with Adam Azer from CBS Sports Fantasy Football po- uh, Today podcast. Um, we had a great talk with him. One thing we do want to talk about before we get into our sleepers is our listener league. We've been telling you guys that we're doing a listener league uh, for all of you guys that are listeners, um, you can head on over to our website, eatsleepfantasy.com. Under the More tab, you'll see the Submit a Question, and there also is the area to fill in a request to be in the Listener League. Let us know why you deserve to be in the Listener League. Dale, do you want to tell them what we have as one of the prizes for the winner of our Listener League? Oh, yeah. It's not one of the prizes. It's the prize to get. Uh, this year, we are partnering up with fantasy jocks to get us um a championship belt engraved with the eat sleep fantasy logo so you can show all your friends how awesome uh, this podcast is and how awesome you are by winning the league um we haven't decided the exact details yet uh about how big the league is and how we're going to run it um but we are working out those details we just want it to be the best for our guys for all our listeners out there so um but you do have to look forward to the championship belt I'll post some picks. It's on the way to us now. Uh, we'll sh- we should have it this week. So uh, we'll be posting on Twitter and bragging about it uh, in a couple days. So keep a lookout. So I will say this. Uh, I do want one of those belts, and I will be playing in the Listener League. So if the belt doesn't go to a listener and it goes to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're going to also be in the Listener League. Uh, myself, Christian, Armando, and Rich. Um, and we are going to try really hard to keep the belt um so it's not like we're going to take it easy and want to give a, the belt to our listeners uh where we want to win just as bad as you guys do do you know how nice that belt will look right next to uh my trophy from our league of record i'm just gonna grab our trophy real quick it's beautiful thing right here no nobody cares about our league of record just wanted to remind you dale nobody you cares you haven't had the pleasure of winning this thing. Nobody right, cares. Uh, 
Let me just set this back down. Oh, that's heavy. All right. <laughs> so let's actually just go ahead and get into some sleepers. Sleepers. <laughs> okay, Dale, start us off with our first sleeper. Yeah, I mean, and I want to just, uh, you know, let you know that when we're talking about sleepers, we're talking about players that currently have an ADP of around 120 or later. So you're talking about way deep in the draft when you're basically went through your cheat sheet and you kind of almost checked out by this time. You're getting ready to draft your kickers and defenses. um, And you're thinking, these guys really don't matter. Let me just pick whoever's on the next populated list. Um, These guys just have in the back of your head for when you're drafting, say, uh, you know, it's all a crapshoot, you know, when it comes down to the 12th, 13th round, 14th round, depending on what your stand, you know, depending on what your league settings are. But. Um, keep these guys in mind when you're drafting because they could help you out later in the season. Yeah, so we get this a lot from our listeners that the place where they seem to struggle in drafts often tends to be the very end. They only maybe recognize some of the names. They haven't, you know, all the podcasts talk about the guys in the first through seventh round. And then when they get to the ninth, tenth round is when all the names that they recognize are off the board and they're not sure who to draft. So this episode is meant to be Actual sleepers, because when you hear the term sleepers, people have now started to use it to talk about breakouts and other things. So this is guys that were, they're deeper round guys, 10th round or later, that we think could be gems in the draft. Right. Um, So just to start off with, I'm going to talk about a wide receiver uh, from the Ravens. Talked about him a little bit last episode, but Kamar Aiken. Uh, Right now his ADP is 174th person off the board. Um, last year, Aiken had 75 catches on 127 targets. He had uh, nearly 950 yards and five touchdowns. Um, listen, Amar, Amar Aiken, he ended the season on nine straight games of catching at least five passes. That has a little bit to do with, of course, Steve Smith going out. Um, and he played actually a little bit better when Joe Flacco also went out. Um, so just keep an eye on that. Uh, last year, Aiken saw so much production because there were so, so many injuries in Baltimore. Of course, we're also talking about Perriman. And uh, in this offseason, they signed Mark Wallace and Ben Watson. Um, Mike. Oh, yeah, Mike Wallace. <laughs> Mike Wallace. <laughs> Who's Mark I Wallace? I don't know who Mark, Mark Wallace is. Mark Wallace is a new rookie. He's like a <laughs> he's a faster, uh, younger Mike Wallace. Um, so, like I mentioned, you know, Perriman is injured again. Uh, Steve Smith is on the pup this offseason um, from the Achilles tear from last November. Uh, he may not be ready for week one. Um, Aiken right now looks like he could be a starting wide receiver again. Um, I'm highly urging you, keep an eye on Steve Smith. Uh, keep an eye on Perriman. Uh, if both of those guys are in, I don't I don't have much love for Aiken. Um, but again, if, if Steve Smith doesn't play the beginning of the season and Aiken can get some traction early on and Perriman isn't fully healthy, um, I think there's a really good shot that Aiken could be somebody uh, to go after. What do you th- do? You have any thoughts about Aiken? Yeah, I, I think I'll take it one step further. I don't think Steve Smith is going to be. Um, maybe he'll be ready, but he won't be himself at the start of the season. Even if he is, I still think that Kamar Aiken is probably the guy to have in Baltimore. Listen, this is a team that's kind of a jumbled mess because they have so many targets. Or they have a, a ton of guys, right? They have a ton of bodies at receiver, a ton of bodies at tight end, and they have the same problem at running back as well. Uh, but I see Kamar Aiken possibly emerging as being a consistent, you know, fantasy output. If not, maybe he probably won't have that huge upside, 
but we've seen him be able to get those consistent catches, consistent targets. Um, I have him ranked way higher than his ADP right now. I have him currently at 120. I think he's a good value. Uh, you know, when you start getting to the 10th, 11th round, you could take a look at him. Um, and you could probably snag him there or even a couple rounds later because he's going pretty damn late in drafts. Um, like you mentioned, his ADP is 174th overall right now. Pretty yeah. much undrafted. So, Yeah, I mean, and I'll just add one more thing. And I apologize, I don't know the writer's name. Um, but it, oh, man, I'm sorry, I don't, I can't give full credit. But as soon as I find it, I'll, I'll tweet it and make sure to give him proper credit. But there's three measurables uh, that I found on Aiken. Um, one was when Aiken played with Steve Smith and Joe Flacco. One was when Aiken just played with uh, Joe Flacco, and one when Steve, uh, when I'm sorry, when uh, Aiken played without both of them. He did best when he played without Joe Flacco and Steve Smith. He did his worst when he played with them. Um, so that kind of gives you an indication that if Steve Smith is out, he'll play a little bit better. Um, hey, and if Joe Flacco gets injured, history shows that he plays a little bit better without Joe Flacco too. Yep, yeah, I think he's he's a fine uh, dart throw, end of drafts. So yeah, the next guy I kind of want to talk about is Torrey Smith. Um He's such an interesting guy for me. He's coming off a career low season. He only caught 33 passes uh, for 663 yards and four touchdowns last year. But he still, I mean, he averaged over 20 yards a catch, which is a ridiculous number. Um, And all the reports are coming into camp that he's slated to be the number one wide receiver. On top of that, it's the number one wide receiver in a Chip Kelly offense. Uh, as much as we might hate on the San Francisco offense, he's the clear-cut first receiving option, and he should be in for a decent season. Um, albeit, it might be a very boom-bust type of guy. He's he's a 1,000% the type of guy that I would love in like a best ball type of league where he's going to have a few games where he'll go off. But his target numbers should go way up this season, enough to maybe give him somewhat of a consistent season. It's a team that will probably have to throw the ball a ton because the rest of their team is not very good. Um, it's one of the reasons that I'm scared of Carlos Hyde is they're going to be behind a lot in games. The team's not very good. Um, and they really have one main guy to throw it to, and that's Torrey Smith. If I can get him in the 10th round or later, that's it's a number one guy on a team. Um We've also seen Chip Kelly's offense be very fruitful for wide receivers, and I think Smith should definitely be a guy that pays dividends for where he goes in drafts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a number one wide receiver in a Chip Kelly offense. Um, that should give you that should give you an idea that he'll have production. Um, he, I mean, he's fast. He's he's going to be productive in that offense for sure. Yep. Um, all right. Well, I'll move on to Sammy Coates, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, there really isn't too many people to go on, you know, in this offense. Brown is still there, and he'll get nearly his, you know, his 200 targets again this year. But Heath Miller, Martavis Bryant are both gone for the year. Uh, Bell won't be there for the start of the season. Um, over the two past two seasons, uh, 391 out of the 540 targets were to those guys that are missing now. Um, so the ball has to go somewhere. Coates is fast. He's a dangerous receiver. Uh, and of course, you know, we all know that Ben likes throwing to his speedy receivers. Um, oh, and by the way, Sammy Coates is going 197th overall, which is, which is pretty deep. Um, 
you know, this guy, he's 6'1", 212, and runs a 4'4", 40-yard dash. Um, so he has he's, – he's an athlete. Um, he's not really on a yeah. ton of radars um, because he didn't do much last year. And when I say much, I mean he caught one pass. But beat writers all over Pittsburgh have been writing about this guy all off season. Everybody's pretty high on him in Pittsburgh. Uh, so he's worth to take a look at. Um, and by the way, Christian, he spells his name S-A-M-M-I-E, which is kind of strange. I don't know why you added that in there. Um, anyways. It's strange. It is strange. He's a guy that a lot of people are drafting Marcus Wheaton, and I think that's a that's a decent move right now. I think that's okay. But there is a scenario where that role that Martavis Bryant last year doesn't go to Wheaton, and it goes to Sammy Coates. Sammy Coates is basically <laughs> the prototypical wide receiver mold of Martavis Bryant. It, it's like the same guy. And there's there's definitely a scenario where Sammy Coates comes in, and he's the one that plays that role and can be incredibly productive in that offense. It's a high-powered offense. Um, it's an offense that's probably going to score a ton. And if Sammy Coates can take that role on the field uh, from Wheaton and be the guy that's going to be the deep target, that's going to get those touchdowns, he can be incredibly valuable. He's a guy that he's going way, way undrafted at this point. Um, but if you're in a deeper league, <clears throat> especially can be a target. Like I said, he's going 197 overall. Um, definitely a guy that I will be looking at late in drafts. Um, that, you know, you may not even have to draft if you're not in a deeper league. You can keep your eye on it on the waiver wire. But if you want to snag him with your last pick, it's a it might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also I have another wide receiver uh, that we haven't talked about much on the podcast, and that's Vincent Jackson. Um, he's currently going 128th player off the board this year, um, and I love this title. And I think we need to write an article about Vincent Jackson being called uh, the curious case of Vincent Jackson. I think that's awesome because the dude's getting old. Um, but kind of similar to you know Steve Smith, I think he's going to have some kind of production until he can't run anymore. Um, right. You know, in the past, in the three games before getting re-injured uh, last year, Vincent Jackson averaged nine points per game, totaling 219 yards and a touchdown on 11 catches. Um, but prior to the injury, uh, or prior to the, you know, injury plague season, six of the sev- previous seven seasons, Jackson had at least 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, I was going to say, at the 100 one, yards, is not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one season, um, he played only five games. So, And that tells you, I mean, this guy's a freak. He can catch the ball. He's a big target. Um, now, do I think the offense have shifted a little bit towards Mike Evans? Yeah, of course. Uh, Mike Evans is awesome. Um, in my opinion, I think he's a you know top 10 pick. Um, has you know Vincent Jackson lost a step? Yeah, he's not nearly as quick as he was earlier in his career. Um, but Jackson's numbers when he played were not terrible, and when he, you know when he did play, he averaged 16 yards per catch, and his touchdown percentage was over nine percent, which is pretty damn close um, to his career averages. Now so, he I missed mean, six games. Yeah. <clears throat> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Listen, he he missed six games. He also missed parts of other games went with a knee sprain. But right now he's healthy coming into training camp. Um, Jameis Winston 
has a ton of room to grow in that offense as a passer. And if Jackson can stay healthy towards the end of the season, um, it, it really might be a scenario where he has a bounce back year. Like you said, he's had, we've seen him be an extremely talented guy that had been consistent year after year, getting a thousand yards and at least seven touchdowns. Um, he still might very well get touchdowns. He'll probably, if he can stay healthy, get pretty close to, if not surpass a thousand yards. Maybe he'll get, you know, nine hundred yards or you know, eight seventy-five. But his touchdown numbers might actually be pretty good. Um, him and Mike Evans are both pretty big guys that uh, should have productive seasons. What are you gonna say, Dale? Yeah. Um, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think we're about the same on Vincent Jackson. I think early, early on in the podcast, um, I don't know, maybe episode two or three, we did talk about Vincent Jackson a little bit, and I think we're all we all like him, um, especially for a really late round pick. Uh, he's he's worth a flyer for sure, because I mean, it, not everything can go to Evans. Yeah, Let, let's actually get into a few of the running backs, Dale, because uh, I do want to to mention some of these guys that I have on my sheet here. There's this guy that I seem to be drafting. In almost all of my mock drafts at the very end with one of my last picks, and that's DeAndre Washington. Yeah. Right now, DeAndre Washington has an average draft position of 170 overall. Um, and he might seem like a small back, but he's very well-rounded, um, excellent pass catcher. I don't think his job is to take over Latavius Murray's role in the offense. He's going to be worked in as a complimentary running back. Um, and I just smacked my microphone as I'm talking with my hands like, a, you know, a Cuban descendant would do. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. So, <clears throat> listen, he's going to be the Latavius Murray compliment. He's going to work in probably actual series along with being third down back sometimes. Um, we saw Latavius Murray start to get worn down last season and start to become inefficient because he wasn't used to all that work. I think this offense is going to be even better if they can start to split some of that workload between the two. He does have, so with that, the opportunity to be, you know, have some value even if Murray stays in the offense. And I've mentioned this before and I'll probably continue to say it. If Murray, however, goes down, I already like Murray a lot this year. I think that DeAndre Washington can be just as productive in that offense as Latavius Murray will be if anything happens to Latavius Murray. It 100% is agree. One, it is one of the best offensive lines in football. Um, so everybody always hears, oh, Dallas has got the best line. Uh, you know, when it comes to the Oakland, they're right up there. They're, yeah. they're number two for some people. They're number one. They're number three for other people. But they are a top three offensive line who's going to run the ball a good amount. I, I, I really like DeAndre Washington, especially, I mean, if you take Murray and you like handcuffing your guys, you could take DeAndre Washington, and if you want to take the upside play, because maybe, maybe Murray starts to suck again. I don't think Washington will take his job in that way, but I think he'll have value that you can plug him in on certain weeks, and also you have a very high upside handcuff. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely a very high upside handcuff. Um, you know, we talked to Ross Tucker a couple a couple episodes ago, and you know the guy, you know, he's a former offensive lineman. If you guys don't know, but. Um, he was really high on the Raiders' offense, uh, on the Raiders' offensive line. Uh, I'm trusting him. Um, it piqued my interest. I've done some research. Oakland does have a great offensive line this year. They've made some improvements. Um, so I think it's whoever's getting the ball handed off to him, 
they're they're going to be valuable. Um, people aren't crazy about Latavius Murray this year, um, but he's going to get the work. And any running back that gets work is you know is worth worth a look into. Listen, I wish I was high on pot news. I'm going to keep adding that into podcasts whenever you say you're, someone's high on something. <laughs> By the way, my wife hated it. She was looking at, uh, if you guys don't know, it's a Key and Peel sketch. Uh, I played it for my wife, and she was just, like, staring at the screen. Like, she just, she was not into it. It was weird, but I was laughing my ass off. Some people just don't like the sketch comedy, and I understand it because sometimes the, <laughs> sometimes it could just be over the top and kind of annoying, but there's certain ones yeah. There's certain ones that are just very funny. Um, yeah. Key and Peele. Key and Peele have some over-the-top, you know, scenes that just make me giggle like a schoolgirl. Yeah. Like, there's, yeah. they, they have yeah. some pretty good ones. Yeah. Um, all right. On, on an aside, if you can get a chance and go head on over to YouTube and check out the Key and Peele Substitute Teacher uh, video. That is my... F- well, the the other one, uh, the substitute teacher that says the name wrong. Oh, yeah. The names, yeah. That, yeah, is, that was a good one. Yeah, that's my yeah. favorite one. So, yeah, all right, yeah. let's move into the next guy. Um, sorry to interrupt your fantasy goodness coming in right now. Uh, I cheated a little bit with this guy because, um, you know, we're talking about these late-round guys. This guy's right on the edge. He's going in the 10th round. But I do want to mention him because even though he's climbed a little bit in drafts, I still think he's being uh, heavily undervalued. And that's LeGarrette Blunt. Um, listen, last year, in the 12 games that he played, because he did get injured last year, he had 165 carries, 703 yards, and six touchdowns. He also added a receiving score as well, which is not really part of his game. Um, listen, the, this is a guy the Patriots have shown that they like, and people are scared of the Patriots' offense. But they might start to lean heavier on the run early in the season. We've seen Blunt and, and Deion Lewis be a very potent one-two punch. So people might worry about the work, but he averaged 14 rushing attempts per game, uh, even after he left that game injured um, last year. <clears throat> I understand uh, he had that one game where he was given the New England running back treatment and he only had three carries. Uh, there's always the possibility that that can, that can happen in a game where he might get game scripted. But uh, for the most part, it's a guy that, should be consistent. He averaged 9.7 fantasy points in the games that he played. Um, he's a guy that can ride your bench as a fill-in until you have a pinch and you can plug him in because he's going pretty damn late. I mean, you can draft him as a fourth, even a fifth running back. Um, and uh, honestly, he, he's a fifth running back being drafted right now. Uh, also, an, another little added plus, he avoided any type of being put on the pop, and he seems to be fully healthy uh, to start training camp. So he's a guy that's going relatively late, not as late as some of the other guys that we've been naming, but I think he's just severely undervalued and still a sleeper right now, so I wanted to add him and mention him. Yeah, I, I know you love Deion Lewis. He's not he's, – Blunt's not necessarily a handcuff, is he? I mean, he's, no. he's a good pickup just in case, but we're not wasting a handcuff on, on the Garrett Blunt, are we? No, no, no. This is, you don't, if you have Lewis, you don't need to draft Blunt. If you have Blunt, you don't need to draft Lewis. This is two separate roles right. in the offense. Um, listen, I, I love Deion Lewis, but this is a guy going, <laughs> uh, what, like 60 picks later right. um, yeah. that you can get that should be almost as productive. Listen, it's a very different role because he's not going to be the guy catching passes, but right. they're still going to run the ball a ton in New England. They, they, you know, they get sneaky rushing touchdowns. Um, and LeGarrette Blunt has shown that he can be good in that offense, and they, they trust the guy. He's not 
an uber talent, but they trust him enough to give him the ball. Yeah, yeah, and they should they should probably uh, be running the ball early in the season without Brady there. Um, I think there's a good shot that they they go a little little more run heavy than normal. Yeah, agreed. Yep. So, <clears throat> I mean, what are you gonna do? Let let Garoppolo unleash it? They might actually do that. Never mind. I'll take that back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never yeah, know, don't, man. Don't count you, against it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna count against it. I really, you know, I'm sorry, Garoppolo. I apologize. If you want to come on the show, you're more than welcome. Um, all right. So. <clears throat> Let's talk about another guy, uh, another rookie. So late in the draft, you might see that we we target some of these rookie running backs, guys that could potentially take roles. Um, the guy that I want to talk about now is Jordan Howard, currently being drafted 142nd overall. Um, we know that in the fantasy community, there's a lot of guys that don't have a lot of love for Jeremy Langford right now. Um, looking at you, Mike Clay. Uh, after you've spewed all your hatred for it during the offseason. Um, <clears throat> that's one of the biggest reasons that we think that Jordan Howard could be fantasy relevant this year because there there's a scenario where Jeremy Langford could be bad again. People don't realize that Jeremy Langford was bad last year because you know we saw that he scored fantasy points, but as far as being a runner, he was quite inefficient. Um, <clears throat> so we saw both Forte and Langford um, be incredibly productive fantasy-wise, even though Langford was only averaging 3.6 yards per carry and his pass-catching rate was extremely low. Um, so in comes the 230-pound fifth-round uh, running back out of UAB and Jordan Howard, and there's a scenario where, one, he's, he's there's a good chance he's going to be the goal line back from day one. He's a big guy. Um, <clears throat> but not only that, right? He, in, in the draft, no other back had a higher yards after contact uh, per attempt than, than Jordan Howard. He averaged 3.69 yards after contact in in, uh, in college football last season. That's a very high number, right? So we're thinking yeah. after he gets hit, he also always gets another additional 3.6, 3.7 yards. Um, that's that's great. That's that's where Jeremy Langford was lacking last year as far as running where he's getting hit and going down. Um, right. He's also he's also a very good pass catcher for being, you know, a 230-pound back. Um, he Over the last two seasons in college, he caught over 80% of his passes. Um, and he was one of the top pass protection backs to come into the draft. Um, so he's very well-rounded. And if there's a guy, if there's a rookie coming in that could just take the job, from from one of the starting guys, uh, it could very well be Jordan Howard up in Chicago. Yep. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on all, everything you said. I, I think at the very worst case scenario, it'll be a running back by committee to start the season where Jeremy Langford does get, you know, 60% of the work and um, <clears throat> Howard comes in and gets, well, I wouldn't say 40, but slightly less because it's John Fox and he'll give some work to Kadeem Carey. <laughs> but um, we've seen John Fox be, you know, a hunt, a run heavy type of, um, you know, play caller and it's his team and he might do it again. And they could both be productive. Honestly, um, I think the hate maybe has gone a little bit too far on Jeremy Langford. I do kind of think he's gotten to the point in drafts where he might actually be a value. But if we're talking so late in the draft, 142nd overall, where I can take a dart throw at a guy that could take a starting running back job and be productive with it, I like Jordan Howard. So, Brito, uh, would you rather have Jeremy Langford, say, in the mid-sixth or 
pick up uh, Howard, you know, maybe in the 12th or 13th round? I think, I mean, Langford right now is a guy that's going back of the 4th, start of the 5th. If I can get him in the 6th round, it's definitely a guy that I would feel comfortable there taking him. Um, he He's starting to fall probably a little bit too much. I mean, early in the offseason, he was being rated as possibly a top 10 running back because people were thinking, oh, he's just going to slot right in into the Matt Forte role and be a top 10 back. Um, I don't think he'll be quite possibly that. Uh, but I think Langford is starting to get to the point in drafts where he's pretty damn valuable. I mean, um, he might have been inefficient, but that's why you can maybe take late in the draft a guy like Jordan Howard. Um, and if you don't if you don't get Langford and you want a high upside guy, and then then the answer is, Dale, I, I would take both. Um, but six round is pretty good value on Langford. So in that scenario, I'll take Langford. But if you're talking about taking guys each at their respective ADP, then I might actually take Jordan Howard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mox that I'm doing, and he's going all over the place. Um, I guess maybe it just depends on the draft room I'm in. You know, anywhere yep. from, you know, like you said, the fourth, fifth, going into the sixth and seventh. So uh, he is all I've over s- the place. I've seen him go in the third round. Um, early in the off season, when I when I first started doing mocks, he was going really early, and his his value has adjusted based on some of the things that have come out in the fantasy community. Um, but you know, I've seen him go as early as the third, and this is recent. And then I've seen him go as late as like the back of the seventh, start of the eighth. Yeah. So I think if you can get him anywhere after the fifth round, so sixth and on, he's a good value there when when talking about Langford. But again. Okay. Going back to Jordan Howard, regardless of, of what happens there, there is a scenario where Jordan Howard can take that role and be very productive with it. Yeah. All right, Dale, let me give you let me give you one more running back uh, from my list of potential sleepers here, and that's Bilal Powell. Um, I, I know Matt Forte was brought in this offseason. Um, you know, I think that Powell is another interesting guy late in drafts. He's not really necessarily a handcuff but more of a guy that I think will have a ton of standalone value. He's not going to blow up and be a top five running back. I, I'm not saying that. But we saw later in the season last year that the Jets started to get him more involved. We started him to even start out-touching and out-performing Chris Ivory down the stretch last year. Um, <clears throat> he's a guy that can catch a ton of passes. Listen, he caught... In the 11 games he played, he caught 47 balls for 388 yards and two touchdowns. Um, that's on top of whatever he does in the rushing game. So, listen, I think Forte is going to come in. He's going to be serviceable. But Powell and Forte are very similar style running backs. They both actually got very similar style contracts. Um, Forte is going to be the Jets' number one guy. But I can see a scenario where Bilal Powell comes in not just for third down rolls, but comes in for actual entire series and the team starts to work a hot hand approach. They're going to give the first crack every game to Matt Forte, but Bilal Powell can come in and be that guy that's going to, Forte had two series, let's give Bilal Powell one. So <clears throat> I think that might lead to actually being some pretty good games, especially in the passing game for Bilal Powell. Yeah. He's going, he's ever- going at 156 overall, Dale, right now. And if I can get him there, um, he's a guy that, I honestly don't feel uncomfortable starting him in, in a double negative. I don't feel uncomfortable starting him in a bye week because I think he'll give you some production every week. He's never going to be uh, a zero. I don't think he's going to give you duds. I think he'll give you a few points every week with a chance that he'll be, you know, even better some weeks. 
Yeah, I think I think mid year you're going to have Bilal Powell on your bench, and your flex is you know all your other options at flex are going to be on buys. You're going to stick in Bilal Powell, and he's going to save that week for you. Yep. All right, give us give us one more running back, Dale, uh, before we transition into some tight end sleepers. Yeah, and I'm excited about him because I love Adrian Peterson just as much as everybody this year. I have him as the number one running back. Um, we're talking about Jarek McKinnon. Uh, right now, McKinnon's going 165th overall, uh, which is crazy because anybody who owns Powell, uh, Powell, anybody who owns Peterson, uh, definitely needs to have McKinnon on their bench. McKinnon will save yeah, your season. Listen, if you if you, if you own Powell, okay, I'm sorry about that. I <laughs> cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> it's early, man. Uh, maybe this uh, maybe this is affecting me more than I thought it would. Um, now, Jeremy McKinnon had 5.2 yards per carry average last year. Uh, and that's better than his 4.8 yards per carry in his rookie season when he came out of Georgia Southern. Um, as I said, I mean, he's one of the best handcuffs in the game. If you're going to invest in handcuffs, uh, McKinnon is probably the guy. Adrian Peterson, um, look, he's healthy as a horse. He's strong. He probably won't miss much. Um, but there is a better chance this year than any other year that Peterson um, you know, will slow down or break down at all. Um, injury maybe, you know, the older you get, the more, you know, the better, easier you break down. Um, so if you have Adrian Peterson, don't roll the dice this year. Make sure you get his handcuff. If Peterson goes down, McKinnon will save your season because he will be a, a huge value um, for your team. I'm seeing him going undrafted in so many leagues. And it's crazy. I really don't get it because even if, even if he is just the handcuff all season, he's going to provide some standalone value. I mean, we saw towards the end of last year, the last you know five or six games, where they actually started to get him involved in the pass game. He started to get some more targets, a few catches every game. I see more of the same. He's going to be probably a guy that's going to get over 40 catches this year, honestly, if I had to project that out. Um, I, I really think he'll have a little bit of standalone value and is quite possibly you know the top, if not a top three fantasy handcuff that's going undrafted. I don't get it. He, he, yeah. He's behind. He's behind a guy, a running back that's over thirty years old. Why wouldn't you draft Jarek McKinnon? Even yeah. if it is Adrian Peterson, that doesn't mean he's immune to injuries. Exactly. Well, I, people have gotten some, somewhat gotten away with not getting handcuffed for Peterson because Peterson has been so awesome and and hasn't been out much. Um, but you you need to invest in a handcuff if you're getting Peterson. If you're using your first pick overall. Uh, for Peterson, you got to handcuff him. Uh, there's no doubt about it that something happens to Peterson. This guy, he's like I said, he's going to save your season this year. Peterson's 31 years old, guys. Like he, there's a very real possibility that this could be the year he breaks down. I think he's got probably one more very good season in him, but who knows? I mean, we've seen it happen before with running backs of this age where yeah. they start to break down. So if you can get Jeremy McKinney at the end of your draft. Um, and you, I mean, if you, if you take Peterson, I'm definitely, definitely taking Jeremy McKinnon at the end of my draft. Yep. If it's one thing you take out of this podcast is if you have Peterson, take McKinnon. All right. So we gave you some, some wide receivers. We gave you some running backs. Just want to give you, um, I'm going to give you one tight end. Dale's also going to do the same. So we'll give you a couple tight ends that you could target pretty late in your drafts. Um, I'm going to start off that with Dwayne Allen. So we we know the Colts have been running for, you know, since Andrew Luck's been there in Indianapolis, they've been running that two tight end type of offense. Now this year, coming into 2016, 
they have one main tight end because Colby Fleener has gone. He's taken, you know, he's packed up his truck, like you know, and driven on down to uh, to the Bayou. I don't know why I'm giving this scenario, this picture here. <laughs> he got in his um, car. He looked at you know the sunset. <laughs> right. He, he drove off. He's like goodbye, Indy, and um, I I I apologize for that. Um, but listen, Dwayne Allen is right now the 18th tight end off the board 179th overall um he's being drafted behind austin safarian jenkins what are you doing there guys austin safarian jenkins might not even uh play this year <laughs> yeah um Dwayne, Dwayne allen is a guy that we saw a couple seasons ago um in basically playing half the tight end snaps he got eight touchdowns he's he's a touchdown machine he's not gonna have He's not going to have 100 receptions. He's not that type of tight end. But he's a type of tight end that could very easily have a season, you know, a Tyler Eifert type of season where he gets 50-something catches and double-digit touchdowns. Um, I really, I really like that upside to Dwayne Allen um, because he's the guy that Andrew Luck might actually start to look at every time they're in the red zone. Um and we've seen them already have a productive tight end offseason. I mean, a tight end uh, season a couple years ago when Andrew Luck was healthy and he had his breakout year. Um, and now he's just he's the only big guy in town. So, you know, going that late, if you're going to take a tight end and wait and wait and wait, I like Dwayne Allen a lot. Yeah. And the Colts last year, they targeted their tight ends 128 times. The year before was 168 times. So... Tight ends, if you know, if, if Allen can stay healthy and stay on the field, he's going to get the looks. And uh, and if that's the case, he's he's definitely going to be a tight end one if he can get those targets. Listen, if he can if he can get a hundred targets, he'll have yeah. double digit touchdowns. I'm going to say that yeah. right now. If Dwayne Allen gets a hundred targets, he'll have double digit touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to be. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that'll put him easy, you know, in the top. I think he's going to end the season. I think he's realistically going to end the season with seven, eight touchdowns, but he's undrafted right now. I mean, take the guy at the end of your draft if you're waiting on tight end. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Dale, I mean, talk, to go undrafted. Is, uh, Dale, talk crazy. about your guy because I, I, the guy you listed right now is a travesty right now where he's going in drafts. Um, this is crazy, and this is why mocks are so important. I didn't realize how undervalued Antonio Gates is, guys. Um, I've seen so many mocks where he nearly goes undrafted. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, going after defenses sometimes. Um, he was the number seven in tight ends uh, in terms of points per game when he played last year. Um, he's going right now as a 13th tight end, 121st overall. Um, now, you know, we all know that he's old and that's not very sexy, but if you want a consistent tight end, um, towards the end of your draft, and you're going to wait on tight ends, uh, Gates is an awesome choice. Um, and kind of sexy. Come on, guys. It's a little <laughs> bit sexy. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's just not. I mean, he's just so big. He doesn't seem very fast play to play. Um, you know, he doesn't have a huge, you know, breakaway speed as most tight ends don't. But um, Phillip Rivers likes him. Um, and, man, going so late, it's hard not to pick him. I mean, even if I don't need a tight end, and I never draft two tight ends, if you know I'm, you know if I'm third to last pick, and Gates is on there, it's gonna be really hard 
not to just take a flyer on him and have him just in case he plays enough games where he can be um, that tight end one. Yep, absolutely. I love Gates where he's going right now in this value. Um, when Armando brought him up a few episodes back, I, I was like, really? He's going there? He's going that late? And I ended up diving in a little bit more into Antonio Gates. I had to adjust him and put him even higher than I had him in my ranks. Um, I think he's in for a good season, and and people are people are slacking on their Antonio Gates love. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, Christian, right now, Zach Ertz is going about 30 picks before Antonio Gates. You're with me on waiting. If that's your choice, and I know I can get Antonio Gates 30 picks later, you know, two and a half rounds later, uh, I I would consider waiting for Gates. Most of my most of my mock drafts will have Antonio Gates on my team right now. So, yeah. Um, and if he slips by me, then I still have Dwayne Allen or you know a guy you've mentioned before like Zach Zach Miller, who's also probably being undervalued in drafts. So, yeah. All right, all right, man. That's gonna pretty much wrap it up for our sleepers. We now are going to have Adam Azer on the show. Adam Azer is from CBS Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, fantasy football today podcast so let's go ahead and get into our interview with adam azer okay so joining us now we have adam azer adam is the host for cbs sports fantasy football today podcast how are you doing tonight adam hey doing great guys thanks for having me on all right so um adam i gotta ask because i usually lead the convos here on our podcast not exactly maybe the host uh because we all kind of host it together um, but I do kind of try to steer the conversation. Can you give me any tips on uh, how to not get so annoyed by, you know, the jerks that you work with? <laughs> like, because I got I to gotta deal with these guys all the time. Does it sound <laughs> like I don't get annoyed with the jerks that I work with? I mean, that's part of being a host. <laughs> you just got to deal with it, man. If they're not annoying you, they're not doing their job. You, you got to, you deal know, they, they want to talk nonstop. You're trying to rein them in. There's going to be um, some give and take there. So, no, I have no advice. Just just, uh, just deal with it. Just shut up and deal with it, man. <laughs> That's right, Christian. Just shut up and deal with it. You heard the man. <laughs> okay, see, I was under the impression that Adam would be nice. <laughs> this is not going the right I'm way. Like, yeah, tough love, man. Tough love. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get into a, a couple of, of fantasy questions uh, we both are doing fantasy podcast so I, I gotta ask man I see you drafted Josh Gordon today obviously the news came out that um, he's going to be reinstated after what looks like a four game suspension um, you drafted him at 81st uh, what do you see his production being like this year when he returns from suspension do you believe in the guy I believe in him enough uh, he was my fourth wide receiver I had pretty good receivers they were my first two picks I had the swing pick so technically Amari uh, Cooper made in my third pick, but I went with Antonio Brown in the first round, and then I took Cooper, was one of my next two picks. And then I took Devontae Parker. So Gordon was my fourth wide receiver. Um, I, I don't know that I believe in him enough to be my fourth wide receiver if I you know, took two running backs with my first two picks, and I had like a Kelvin Benjamin, Randall Cobb, Devontae Parker, uh, and then I took Gordon. But in my, in my scenario... Uh, I believe in him enough that, you know, it's a gamble worth taking when you're already good at wide receiver. I think when he comes back, his production is anywhere from six fantasy points per game in a standard scoring league to double that, which would be top ten. Uh, yeah, I know. you cannot rule out the possibility that he's one of the best wide receivers in football again. 
Uh, it seems like kind of a long shot considering how much time he's missed, but I didn't say the best, but one of the best. I think it's I think it's possible. I think uh, you got to give yourself an opportunity to get him on your team. Yeah, right. yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, it's it's a guy that I'm willing to take a risk on if he falls in drafts, but. I just know that in a lot of drafts, there's going to be that one guy that's going to take him way earlier than I feel comfortable doing so, um, because there there seems to be one or two Josh Gordon truthers in every draft room, um, so he probably won't land on my team because of that, but you know, if he's, he's a guy that starts to slip, I'll take a shot on him as a fourth wide receiver. Why the hell not? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Adam, hey, this, uh, is, yeah. this is Dale here. Uh, quick question. Uh, we get this a lot. We get a lot of Twitter questions asking us pretty much the same question. Um, do you have a specific strategy for drafts this season? Uh, you know, maybe going wide receiver heavy in the early rounds or, you know, going, you know, doubling down on your running backs. Do you do you have a strategy going in or is it who falls to you? Well, yeah. Well, it's definitely not going to be doubling down on the running backs. That that would be the, – the, I don't know that I have a strategy, but I do know that one of them will not be to take two running backs with my first two picks now if it's – I'm um, sitting there with the 10th pick in the draft, and Ezekiel Elliott's there, and then the second round, Lamar Miller's there. Okay, maybe I deviate, but most likely that's not happening. Running backs are too unpredictable. I'm not going to be the guy who takes two running backs, and then midway through the year I'm screaming, how did I take two running backs? It was such a stupid, you know, every year it's the same thing, so I'm not going to go through that again. Um, I love the idea of getting two, two receivers because I, I, like, I like the running back depth this year since they're all being pushed down pretty far. But one thing I do keep finding myself thinking is, man, tight end is terrible. So, unfortunately, the only one that I really like early is Gronkowski. And either you can get him or you, you, know, you just you go too early. Um, so I would consider probably taking him about six. Um, and after that, I don't see myself taking Jordan Reed. I don't see myself taking Greg Olson. I might take Kobe Fleener. You know, I know Jamie loves Kobe Fleener. I might reach for him. But, um, man, I'll tell you what strategy is don't be one of the last people to take a tight end identify the cutoff maybe it's about eight to ten tight ends um and get one of them but yeah gronk is a pretty you know you know he took uh, gronkowski over beckham in the first round today in our draft in a 10 team league and i thought that was kind of dumb at the time but i actually think it i don't know that i would do the same thing but there's a pretty good case to be made to do it because i uh i like the way his team ended up um, his receiver depth is still pretty solid and it obviously has the best tight end right yeah, do advice. you do you have any fear of Gronk because of the Brady suspension and him being out for those first four games or you think it's just going to be regular old Gronk even if it's Garoppolo I don't remember off the top of my head but I looked uh, a few weeks back uh, what Gronkowski did in the first four games of the 2014 season when Brady was pretty bad, you know, people were calling him for, to be benched, nobody with a half a brain, but some people was, without half a brain were calling for that, you know, and Garoppolo came in on Monday night against Kansas City, whatever, and Brady was just bad, the passing offense wasn't good, and that might be a, a, a you know, worst case scenario for Garoppolo, and Gronkowski, he, you know, he didn't do great, but he still ended up scoring some touchdowns, and he was serviceable for a tight end. He was serviceable. So you get through the first four weeks, and then you get your Gronk, your, your Gronk back uh, in, in weeks 5 through 17 or however long you're playing. Um, I, think, I think he'll end up being the number one tight end, even with a, a slower a slower than normal start. Yeah. Hey, Adam, Rich here. Who's your guy for 2016? Like, who's, who's the player that you would love to have on all of your teams? Um, well, I've been saying Michael Floyd. I think there's some risk there, obviously. So 
Uh, I don't know that there's one guy that I love. I keep drafting C.J. Anderson. I, just, I Look, I try not to fall into that trap. I don't want to have the same guy on too many teams unless it's like a total bargain pick late. Uh, so, Rashad Jennings could be that guy, and I don't expect too much from him, but I expect him to be maybe a decent flex option, and I think he's going way too late because I think he's going to win the job for the Giants. I think he's going to start with the job, keep the job, and uh, I don't really see too many serious threats there to him. I, I'm not a big uh, – I don't know anything about Paul Perkins, but I'm not huge on Paul Perkins. Um, so so I could take him late. But C.J. Anderson and Michael Floyd have been kind of like my two guys during the preseason so far and as we enter training camp. Um, Anderson, you know, half his career has been really good. Half his career has been pretty disappointing. And I'm going to bank on him being healthy. Uh, being in a run-first offense with a coach who knows how to get the most out of his running backs, and I'm going to take him a lot like I did today, actually. All right, flipping it around then, who who do you see of you avoiding at all costs, and who do you see that's getting picked up that you really don't want anything to do with? LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy is... Oh, don't I mean, do it to me, Azer. I, yeah, I own him in my stupid dynasty league, which is the worst team ever, so I'm kind of stuck <laughs> with him there. But I'm, I think I'm going to try... When my team is inevitably horrible out of the gate, I'm going to try to trade the Sean McCoy and, and rebuild in that league. Uh, look, I know Carlos Williams with the suspension kind of changed things. That was one of the reasons I didn't like the Sean McCoy. But I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like his time as a as a really good running back is running out, um, and I think his best days are behind him. And I don't mind him if he falls past midway through the third round. Like when there are wide receivers on the board after. Brandon Cooks and P.Y. Hilton and Kelvin Benjamin. Once we get past that group, I'm okay taking Sean McCoy. But in the third round, there are still some really good wide receivers on the board. I'm going to take them over McCoy. It's not that I don't like McCoy. It's that I'm, I'm prioritizing other uh, wide receivers specifically ahead of McCoy. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I'd rather have Mark Ingram than McCoy. I, I think this goes without saying, but I'd rather have Doug Martin. Uh, there's a lot of guys, and eh, not a lot, but, but there are enough guys that I'd rather have. And then I'm looking at wide receivers instead of him. All right, cool. Um, I, I know uh, you're short on time. I'm going to try to wrap this up here. Um, you know, we, we try to ask our guests uh, this question at the end of every interview. Uh, so we have to ask you. It's a little off the beaten path, not quite fantasy relevant. Um, okay. <laughs> say you're in a restaurant and you order a steak medium rare, and the waiter brings it out to you well done. Uh, what do you do? All right. What's the restaurant? <laughs> you are the first person to ask us that. <laughs> say, well, say, look, if it's like say, Outback say, or something, I, I, I probably eat it. If, I'm, if I just spent, you know, if I'm out for a fancy steak dinner, then, you know, that's another story. So, so give me the rest. Let's, let, let's go middle yeah, of the prime road. Prime 112. Oh, okay, never mind. All right, go ahead. <laughs> let's go middle of the road. <laughs> what is it? What is it? <laughs> I was going to say Prime 112. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm you send that, that back, back, man. <laughs> I'm dropping over forty bucks on a steak. I'm sending it right back. But first of all, you said you said well done, and that's like if it comes out medium, maybe I don't make a fuss about it. But okay. if I order medium rare, is that what you said? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, it. yeah. If I order medium rare, it comes out well done. There's no chance at a, at a fancy steakhouse. There's no chance I'm eating that. I'm sending it back. Yeah, I'm with you. So, so it's different if it's like a Chili's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. First of all, I don't order, I don't order steak unless it's from a steakhouse. I think that's just a big mistake. You know, a mistake. No pun intended. <laughs> a big mistake. Um, <laughs> when I get when I get a steak, I do it right. I don't get steak that often, but if you're gonna get a steak, you might as well do it right. Go to a place that, that would never have the audacity to give you a well done steak when you ask for medium rare. <laughs> They have to respect the meat. Right. <laughs> of course, exactly. 
<laughs> All right, Adam. Um, tell our listeners uh, where they can find you at and, and where they can reach out to you if they want to do so. I am at Adam Azer on Twitter, Adam A-I-Z-E-R. Uh, i got two fantasy podcasts that people would enjoy, Fantasy Baseball Today and Fantasy Football Today. And we are five days a week now. So let's, uh, let's get it on. Let's get the season started. Awesome. That's pretty that's great, man. Um, so, what's the best way to end the show? Because I don't, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> you kidding, uh, have you ever listened to one of my podcasts? I, that's I'm the, the worst. That's the that's the joke, man. <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. free and horrible. You tell me the best way to end the show. <laughs> not not like what I do. It's just awful. We we just awkwardly know. hang up. We say thank exactly. you a couple okay. times in a row, and then we hey, awkwardly see, hang see up. See you guys. <laughs> Bye, Adam. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate hey, it. Thanks thank a lot. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it too. All right, bye. <laughs> See, thanks again, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting weird. Hang up, somebody. <laughs>
It sounds uh, something special. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, Dale, where can our listeners find you at? At Dale underscore fantasy. Yep. And I'm Christian Brito. I, I, I really don't think I ever say my name on podcast, but you can find me <laughs> at, <laughs> at C Brito Fantasy on Twitter. My name is Jeff. Or if you just want to reach out to us as a group, you can reach out to our group Twitter at EatSleepFF. So that's going to pretty much wrap up our episode. Uh, and have a great day, guys. I can't say awesome. buenas noches because it's in the morning. Buenos dias! Well, they're, probably, they're probably listening to it at <laughs> night, so good morning no, and I'm good night. Gonna, no, just Dale, buenos dias. Buenos dias.